the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by West Automotive Group. The West Automotive Group presents Auto Talk Radio with host Brian Bowersock and co-host Kevin Bowersock. Today's show is brought to you by West Escondido, West El Cajon, West Kearney Mesa, and West Miramar Automotive and Transmission. All part of the West Automotive Group. Get your automotive questions answered. Call Brian and Kevin at 1-888-344-1170. That's 1-888-344-1170. Now, here's your Auto Talk host, Brian Bowersock. All right, folks. Welcome to Auto Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Bowersock. I have a guest with me today um, that I invited. He's a friend of mine that uh, I met. He does not work in the automotive field. What What do you do, Drew? Uh, <laughs> in the food business. In the food business. So, But you know what? He likes cars. So we were talking the other day. I said, hey, why don't you come join me on the radio? And we're going to talk about cars. And he's like, seriously? I was like, seriously. You realize how early I have to wake up for that? <laughs> I know, but cars are so cool to talk about. So here we are. Uh, we're going to talk about cars today and a lot of things. Actually, I have a couple cool things uh, that I want to talk about. And I usually uh, start out with uh, something uh, in the industry that uh, um, has had gone on this week or something that we've seen in the shop or, or something like that. Um, and I got a good uh, um, uh, bill that works for me. Um, out at my El Cajon uh, um, place. We, we often talk about things that have to do with automotive and automotive servicing and all those things. Um, and this is about, and I've talked about this numerous things, extended warranties and are they worth the money you spend on them? You know, and that could go, this, that could cover a lot of things. You know, there's home shield warranties, there's uh, car warranties. You could, you probably see the commercials if you watch TV ever or listen to the radio. Yeah. There, there, uh, there's uh, been a company that's been uh, pushing, uh, uh, aftermarket warranties uh for cars uh lately in the past uh, year and they push really hard they advertise a lot i I get Um, emails and all sorts of whatnot about extended warranties how how old is your vehicle do you want an extended warranty yeah that's exactly what so and people often ask me is it worth it to purchase an extended warranty well there's a lot of extended warranty companies and and they operate differently just so as every other industry does um and a lot of them aren't worth the paper they're written on. Right. That's to be honest with you. Uh, so um, Bill was dealing with one out there, and he actually sent me an email and, and all the other managers, and he said, uh, he said, this is one for the record books. This this is the worst warranty aftermarket warranty company we ever dealt with. And and I bring this to the table for folks to understand kind of what can happen if you purchase something like this that's not now don't get me wrong there are some of them out there that are amazing we work with um there's some decent ones uh such as if if you buy a used car some of these big companies that sell used cars uh they have some pretty good ones they'll sell with the car or that they give folks so but uh this one here uh these folks should have never purchased this warranty um he wanted to share this one uh Client gave the phone number and contract number. He called them to get an authorization for their repairs. He had to call them three times to find somebody to speak to, actually, before he could in. Um, he was on the phone 30 minutes, which is kind of normal to get all this happened. Uh, received an email then from him with additional, additional requirements. Uh, the email required all the parts, numbers, pictures, full estimate on letterhead of ours, and all the client's information. After the email was sent, Heard nothing for a few hours, called and was emailed this morning and received, received no reply. Three hours later, I called, checked in, was told I would hear something by the end of the day. After all the hoops jumped through and spent, uh, got an email and authorized it. it, states that the client needs to pay in full, then submit her signed invoice with proof of payment for reimbursement. They're also only paying a small portion of their payer. Uh, what a mess. So, I in, in looking at... 
they reimburse the customer 50 to 75% of the reasonable uh, uh, cost in appropriate labor, what they deem reasonable afterwards. What they deem reasonable. Yeah. So, in other words, you, you kind of waste your money. You'd be better off just to pay for the auto repair and not have this extended warranty company uh, finance. So, it was just uh, something that I, I often share with folks, you know, just, just be aware if you're purchasing one of these. And what I often tell folks if you're going to, ask for the contact, bring it in, let let one of us read it, because we know what we're looking for, so we can point out to you, like, this isn't worth the paper it's written on, and there's a lot of these. I had one of these one time that uh, is a few years ago that we called to get an approval on a repair for a customer, and it went to a voicemail in the Cayman Islands. I told him that this is not going to work, trust me. There's, nobody, nobody's going to call back, nor did they, so... Just one of those items. And I like to bring those things up and mention to folks uh, about them. So be be cautious and careful. We've talked about extended warranties before. Um, but, uh, um, you know, we always bring that to the table for sure. All right. So this morning we are talking about uh, direct injected vehicles. But I'm going to grab John here real quick in El Cajon. Good morning, John. How you doing? Are you there, John? I guess we lost John. It says he's there. All right. Well, John, call back if you can, uh, and we'll be happy to talk to you. I see that it said your car's not running right, so happy to talk to you about that. Um, So, yeah, this morning uh, I decided to wrote a show about the gasoline-directed injected vehicles. As today, most vehicles uh, are going to direct injection. Uh, when they're gasoline, uh, the performance level of a direct injected vehicle is quite a bit higher than its uh, a port injected uh, um, um, brother or sister. Um, so uh, um, that's why we've gone to that. But it brings in a whole nother uh, situation of items that that can affect uh, the drivability of the car or how the car um um, operates in that, and there are some things that they've added to it now after we've been using direct injection for a few years. Um, but today, if you're going to go buy a vehicle, most likely, and you buy a gasoline vehicle, it's going to be a direct injected vehicle. Um, so uh, I thought we'd talk about this a little bit and some of the requirements and things that we're seeing that are affecting uh, uh, vehicles. Looks like John's back, so let's uh, let's get him in here. Good morning, John. You there? Good morning. Can you hear me, Brian? Yes, sir. I can hear you now. Thanks for calling okay, back. Sorry about know. that. I- I was on there, but I, I could hear you. Yeah, I, I, I had my uh, fan in Freestar about oh three months ago or whatever. You got that bypass hose. Uh, oh, that was the uh, one that they were having trouble finding the, uh, the 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 bypass for it, right? Right. It yeah, you got it. And that's that's all good. I'm really appreciate because I really need my van from the doctor thing, and uh, now. Uh, it, it run, everything that that's all fine. It runs good, runs perfect, and everything in my van really good. And all of a sudden, like maybe in a twenty thirty mile trip, mm-hmm. it'll stumble like it wants to die out, and then it runs okay, no problem. After that, it's just like it almost wants to uh, uh, stumble out. Could it be bad gas or something like that. Well, we don't see a whole lot of bad gas here in Southern California much uh, uh, with our weather and, and, and everything. So um, I'd say it's probably not that. But you could have anything from uh, something that, that's uh, glitching. So you're saying you have to drive it 20 to 30 miles before this happens? No, in a 20 or 30 mile trip, oh, okay. it might do it one time. Just It almost feels like it wants to... Um, Stumble and then it's, it runs perfect. Otherwise, gotcha. Maybe one time out of thirty miles, but uh, and we don't have a check just, engine light on or anything like that. No, no. It's, it, it just happened after I got gas the last time, and just <laughs> that's weird. But, but uh, it couldn't be the gas cap or anything like that. I put back on. No, that that won't affect it or cause a. I wouldn't do it. It'd have a light. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, so. It, there's a there's a plethora of things that could be, to be honest with you, uh, when you're talking about something like that. You, we could have a massive flow sensor that intermittently uh, is picking up a glitch. Uh, um, it, it's, it's really hard to say. And what's going to probably have to happen uh, to diagnose it, we almost need to replicate what's going on. So since that's going to be very tough to do, it's probably going to become... Uh, where it happens more often, and once that starts happening, then it's a little easier to pin down. 
Does that make sense? Because yeah, a lot of times, lot of times they go out and no problem at all. It's just, it's just kind of uh, troublesome because I have to go get uh, cancer treatment. So it's kind of really rough. Yeah, gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, I, I it's unfortunately just going to be one of those things, and I'd kind of keep a. Uh, a note as to when it happens and how it happens. Um, if mm-hmm. it tends to, you know, are you climbing a hill when it happens after driving for a bit, you know, or, or, mm-hmm. or you know, when, when does this kind of happen? Oh, it's just, it could be anywhere. Usually it's on the highway. Of course, I do most highway driving anyway, but gotcha. usually it's just a dry highway, but it's just scary because I don't want to break down. No, no, I full, uh, fully understand. And, and and the only other thing I can recommend is when it's due for its next service, you know, get it in and we'll put a good eye and just look around, make sure that we don't have anything that's misplaced there, you know, uh, vacuum lines or a- any other things, you know. Um, also, the thing that I might ask is when is the last time or how many miles has it been since like the spark plugs uh, uh, were replaced on this vehicle? I couldn't really tell you because uh, the man I got it from, a friend of ours, he got Alzheimer's, so he couldn't really give me too much on it, but he kept it well-maintained. Gotcha. Well, how many miles are on it? A hundred and maybe, I can't even remember now, 130 maybe. Well, you know what we might want to look at is if the plug, it is, it is possible this vehicle's never had the plugs replaced because the plugs in, in that car are platinum. And they're right. usually replaced at 100,000 miles. And if they were never replaced, then we could be having an intermittent uh, ignition uh, uh, thing go on there with the, how the plugs are worn. So, um, you know, if it's that, then it might be uh, time to go ahead. Well, regardless, if the plugs have never been replaced and they're quite worn, it's time to replace them anyway. So, and that might cure your problem, just maintenance-wise. Uh-huh. So, what we should do is get it. I don't know if we've ever looked at that, that for you. I know we had the vehicle in and we've done some service work on it. And I know we fixed those coolant leaks that uh, were, were a problem. Uh, but, that was uh, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we might, might get it in and take a look at the uh, when it comes in, the ignition components. Take it, pull a spark plug and see, since you have no history on it, need to kind of see, you know, how worn are they. If they're pretty worn, it's time to put new ones in and, and uh, freshen up the ignition system. And that might just cure your problem. It might go away. To get to to get to the plugs of that thing, isn't it? Uh, I don't even see them in there. Is it, uh, can well, you get to them, or do you have to take half the car apart? Well, you just got to take the, the problem with that. Yeah, you got to pull me. the you got to pull the plenum off for the rear plugs on that. So, but it's not that big a deal. It's really not. So, okay. but, but it, it needs to be done if it hasn't been done. And, and the best way is we can just check one of the front ones that are easy to get to because they're all going to be worn the same. And if they're, if they're quite worn, then it's time, time to put plugs in the car. Right. That way we have a baseline of where, where we started at as far as that goes. And, and that, that extremely worn plugs, if those plugs have been in there for 130,000 miles, they could cause intermittent uh, ignition issues for sure. Um, because, uh, go ahead. It just happened all of a sudden, you know, it kind of, uh, it, it's always run perfect. And all of a sudden, the last time I got gas, you know, it's kind of weird. It's, I guess it's coincidental, but uh, but then it runs perfect otherwise. You know, that's what, what's weird about it. Yep, well. And- it's almost like it's uh, not getting, uh, what do you call it, like, uh, spark or power or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it could be very, very possible. It's hard to say, but uh, that'd be a good place to start with for sure. You know, and, okay. and the only other thing is, you know, if you don't have a lot of history on this, I, when when the fuel filter was last replaced on it, on that vehicle, it should be every thirty thousand miles. Um, right. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple things we can do to possibly eliminate this that need to be done anyway. So, um, but yeah, I think we should probably get in and check check spark plugs on it, the ignition components, see the the wear on them. If they're quite worn, then uh, should probably do a, a, a basically replace the plugs and and uh, ignition wires or boots on that and uh, ignition coil boots and and get it yeah, up up and running. Uh, yeah, because the funny thing is, otherwise it runs perfect. You think it like runs like new, you know? Otherwise. And that's kind of really weird, but I know it's hard to when you can't duplicate it. Yeah, it is very hard when you can't duplicate it, set, set, especially something like that that doesn't happen that often, you know. 
So, but uh, it's a good place to start. So let us know when you want to get her in there, John, and we'll, we can get it looked at. Okay, thank you, Brian. You got it, buddy. Thanks for listening. Have you, a good day. You too. Have a safe weekend. Okay. You too. All Bye right. now. Take care now. That is hard to pin down. <laughs> well, I had a situation where I was getting gas from a fairly reputable gas station, mm-hmm. and anytime I got their gas, I would have some similar issues like that. So it it is possible on the blend of gas, yeah. Um, and it, and it could also be the truckload of gas. Um, we don't see a ton of gas. I mean, like in the Midwest, place sometimes you get water problems and mm-hmm. fuel stuff like that. Usually here, the gas is not too bad. Um, I don't know. I I always use for some reason. I I always go to like Chevron or Shell or somebody like that yeah. to get my gas, and I've never seen many gas problems. And we don't see many gas problems come in with vehicles. Well, unless you, unless you, um, we, we, we have a rental car company that we do a lot of stuff for, um, that in the theme with them is if people come from Europe, somehow they manage to get diesel fuel and gasoline vehicles when they rent them. So they tow them to us and then we have to do a whole clean out. Today's vehicles do not like it when you put v, uh, diesel in a gas vehicle. Why not? <laughs> they just don't <laughs> like it. Not really built for that. The worst one, the worst thing though you can ever do. Um, that becomes extremely expensive as far as when it comes to fuel and bad things is um, putting def fluid into a diesel gas tank on accident. And the def fluid uh, is is what they use for um, emission-wise, which cleans the, the catalytic converters on diesels, basically. Mm-hmm. That's the easy way it actually uh, – it has urethra in it, which is urine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they get it from a cow or what they do with this stuff. but And, and they actually – it's – there's a mister that squirts it on the on on the particulate converters and it cleans them mm-hmm. right in the exhaust. But that stuff is so corrosive. You put it in a fuel tank, it destroys the whole fuel. Like on a Mercedes, mm-hmm. it's a seventeen thousand dollar job to f- to fix it. If it's a d- diesel Mercedes and you put a def fluid in it, you got to replace it. The pumps go bad. The injectors are bad. Everything's bad. So it's a lot of money. So that's a mistake that never, never, never to make. But we do see it happen. So it is what it is. All right, folks, we're going to take our first break real quick here. But give us a call, 1-888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. You listen to Auto Talk Radio on The Answer San Diego, 1170 AM and 96.1 FM. We'll be right back after these messages. There's more Auto Talk education and empowerment on the way here on Auto Talk Radio. Get on the line and get your automotive questions answered by the Auto Man here on Auto Talk Radio. Brian Bowersock, 888 344 1170. Now, here's more Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. All right, folks, welcome back to Auto Talk Radio. Appreciate you joining us. one 888 That's 888- Oh, smokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drew's showing me a picture. So so the, the bushing just disintegrated on it. No, no, the bushings are good. Look, the bushings are on top of the, uh, still into the, uh, oh, the frame. The, the nut came off. The oh, top. yeah. Oh. Huh. And when it did Is that. Is this a rear one? Yeah. It's my rear passenger. Did it hit the tire? No. Oh, it didn't. No. Okay, that's good, because I've seen them destroy tires. It's hard to tell in the picture. I see now that it's... And it's down below the... Yeah, it came out it came out of the gusset that it sits in, huh? Yeah. I mean, if you look at it really closely, I mean, everything's brand new, so they replaced everything. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking at a... a he, on his forerunner, he had a shot... We, well, we were talking about a couple things while we were on break. One was he had to replace the catalytic converter, and uh, uh, going through... Uh, some of the prices on 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 these converters these days, what, what you said the one you the, the initial one you found before you did a weld in was like fifteen hundred dollars you said or something right? Well, yeah, because so on my Forerunner, I've got three catalytic converters: one on the driver side, passenger side, and one that follows you know after the Y on the ex- uh, exhaust. Yeah. So for each one of the catalytic converters for my vehicle, they are thirteen to fifteen hundred dollars a piece. Oh yeah, that's normal. <laughs> so, well, it's because they also have to be California approved yeah, ones. Yeah, right. I mean, which is probably a good thing, right? <laughs> so with that being said, the less expensive route, but still state certified, is to get a catalytic converter and then basically weld in. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. 
but the thing that was the most bothersome was waiting for your going through the drive cycle and waiting for the catalytic converter monitor to kick back in. And that's a good point. A lot of people don't aren't aware of how that all works. So um, part of the smog, and and we've become. And the reason they do this is because back in the old days, uh, Spog Bar 90, you had a check engine light. People would, like, disconnect the – drive the car in, and the check engine light wasn't on, right? So it would pass. It would go through the whole right. thing. The problem with that is they weren't actually fixing the car. So they were bypassing it. They were bypassing in the system. So yeah, they get the car smog. They drive off, and, and 20, 30 miles, the check engine light come back on because the fault's still there, and mm-hmm. you still have the emissions problem, right? Um, so now the machine plugs in and it checks to make sure what are called monitors inside the car's computer system that monitor everything from oxygen sensors to uh, fuel control to misfire monitors, all those. Some of them are, are immediate, like misfire mat or, or continuous, we call them mm-hmm. monitors. Misfire monitors and a couple other ones are continuous. So the minute the car starts driving, it runs those monitors and checks to make sure there's no problem. And it's running them all the time. Uh, other ones are not. And the catalyst one, as I talked about, has a lot of criteria that needs to be met for that monitor to run. And so a lot of times you end up driving, I don't know how many miles you've driven since then, Well, get it to run, do you think? Well, before I realized that there was a drive cycle in order for it to kick in place, mm-hmm. I, th- I want to say I drove for two to 300 miles. Oh, yeah. And then I talked to... Never ran. The monitor never no, the me- yeah, no, yeah. no, it never right. cleared. Yeah. So then I started to do some research and realized that now I have to do a drive cycle in order for that to clear all monitors and all, all sensors. So, you should have just asked me. I'd have told you. Well, I didn't see you yet because you were out <laughs> doing whatever you do. <laughs> okay. So once I, f- I found it out, and then I talked to another friend of mine who you know does you know, uh, automotive also, uh-huh. he's like, bro, all you got to do is – don't put on your cruise control. Drive, maintain at fifty-five miles an hour until that sensor clears, yeah. and then after that, you should be fine. But the only time I can do that is two o'clock in the morning when I'm driving home from work, and I've got a wide-open freeway, and I don't have to stop and start and <laughs> you know start all over again. So when I was driving home the other night, I finally got my sensor to clear. I was all excited. Only to get home and then have that shock throw it throw the nut, and yeah. now I got to take it back to the shop and get that taken care of. <laughs> Trials and tribulations of auto repair. Yeah, but one of the good points uh, with that and talking about the monitor part is um, the criteria required for it to run. But also, the, a catalyst monitor. All the other monitors have to run first. And if there's something wrong in a car, sometimes we've seen. Uh, where a monitor just won't run, mm-hmm. even if you go. Th- I mean, so people struggle. We often get those in, and we have to go through the steps and figure out. Some things will prevent a monitor from even r- try attempting to run. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it will never complete. Um, the only monitor you can have not completed is EVAP on certain vehicles these days. Otherwise, any other monitor has to be completed, or it'll fail smog when you plug it in. Yeah. So just 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 the way it is. All right, folks. Real quick here, I do want to remind you. Uh, Auto Talk Radio is brought to you by the West Automotive Group. Uh, which consists of uh, West Escondido Automotive and Transmission up in uh, Escondido Auto Park, AAA approved and star certified, uh, taking care of folks up in North County for uh, coming on to 30 years now. And West El Cajon Automotive and Transmission at 844 North Johnson Avenue in El Cajon, AAA approved out there in East County, taking care of folks for over 10 years now. And West Kearney Mace Automotive and Transmission, 8027 Balboa Avenue, right in central San Diego, AAA approved and smog certified. Taking care of folks over there for coming up on six years now. And West Miramar Automotive and Transmission, 5726 Miramar Road, East Gay Mall, AAA approved and star certified. Uh, taking care of folks uh, right there in the Golden Triangle, across from where we're sitting now uh, for four years. All of us at the West Automotive Group, me, myself, and my employees come together to bring you Auto Talk Radio for one simple reason. We all believe in the same philosophy, and that is we never put money ahead of people. Stop in and have your vehicle service repaired and find out what quality automotive service repair is all about. Uh, at the West Automotive Group, we also offer uh, six months no interest for your vehicle service and repair needs on approved credit. Staff's one of my managers or your advisor, and they'll help you out with that. Uh, and also get your vehicle in. If you're having a, a problem, such as drivability, transmission-wise, etc., get it in and let's diagnose this it properly i tell folks all the time because we see this problem all the time the best money ever spent is on a diagnosis by a qualified technician 
get to the bottom of the problem. We see so many cars that come in that people have had parts thrown out, etc. Um, it ends up costing you a lot. I've also seen cars come in that uh, have had a transmission replaced for certain reasons, and the problem's still there, and it's not transmission-related. Uh, cars today work all the parts in them, engine-wise, drivability, because everything is controlled by, by modules, work together. And it, when you are having some one problem with something, it can feel like a problem with something else. That's why it's so imperative to have it diagnosed properly. It'll save you thousands of dollars in the long run. So you can check us out at westautomotivegroup.com and uh, see what we're all about. We can You can also click on the Auto Man, where I'm the Auto Man for Fox 5 and the CW News. Um, those segments are all posted there, and you can uh, also click on Auto Talk Radio. Uh, if you want to pick us up on a podcast, they're available through Apple Podcasts, Google, Pandora, Deezer, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, and Radio.com. So, but give us a call this morning, 1-888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Or email me at autotalk at westautomotivegroup.com. All right, cool. So let's uh, real quick grab Mike here and see what Mike's got going on. What's happening, Mike? Hey, what's going on, Brian? Hey, not much. I see you're working on an Elantra. Yeah, just a quick question. A 2013 Elantra. I want to know if the immobilizer, uh, how can you tell if the immobilizer was uh, disabled? Uh, gals want to put this uh, aftermarket uh, anti-theft kit on. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Thank you. And I'm wanting to know, do you guys do those type of, or do you guys sublet those out? You uh, know what, we don't, you know, I really don't recommend any aftermarket alarm systems anymore. The factory stuff is, why does she want to put an aftermarket alarm system on the car? Well, because of the, you know, all the break-ins now with the Hyundais and the Kias. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2013 with the USB, you can go in there with a laptop, I guess, and apparently... Yeah. vehicle she wants to have an added security and i'm thinking well i mean motorizer should be enough and yeah. i don't think they would have uh, even deactivated that because you couldn't start the vehicle correct that's correct yeah no so that yeah. th- that has to be working and it, it working properly the only way to tell obviously is is uh w- with a scanner to make sure that the immobilizer is being activated when the keys input but uh um yeah yeah you i i mean I, you wouldn't want to deactivate that anyway. So if she just wants to put an aftermarket yeah. alarm on it, um, you know, in case just somebody breaks into extra, it. Yeah. Yeah, just extra security. But I'm thinking the otherwise it would be good enough. But I, I don't know. I don't know to put one of those on. I don't know what it's all entailed. I don't. <clears throat> I guess all kits are different. But well, and, I don't know. I would think the immobilizer would be different. I mean, it'd be good enough. I don't know. Yeah, I usually, but uh, I do know, like you said, they, they've had a few problems with those cars being stolen. Um, I do yeah. believe they they have come out with updated software upgrades for them, though, also. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay, so, now the dealer, I'm assuming. Yeah, because we, uh, I believe my guys were talking about uh, we've updated a few of them as far as that goes. Uh, but uh, a quick flash. Then. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, just like with anything okay. else these days, you know. Um, kind okay. of, kind of, well, kind of like your Windows updates that continually come out for your computer. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Apple another updates. quick question, to- totally uh, uh, unrelated. A Toyota Camry 07 Camry want to do an engine swap uh, with a hybrid. I've never done one of those. What is the major concern? Obviously, unplug the battery, but don't want to get shocked. Yeah. What is? Are there any gotchas on that? Do you think of? Not really. Than, we do them all the time. Okay. I mean, you know, all, all the time. So, you know, just okay. uh, obviously uh, pay attention. Be familiar with the hybrid system itself. Um, you're you're right. going to have to the inverter and all that's in between the trans and that uh, the engine there. So, and there's you know the flywheel's different on them and all that stuff. But uh, uh, okay. other than it's that, pretty much the same. Just yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Look up the procedure to disconnect the hybrid system. Uh, vol- okay. Voltage is the biggest problem there, as far as that goes. You know, be careful with that. But once you d- once you exactly. disconnect it, you're free and clear, like any other car to to uh, go ahead and go. replace the motor on it. Yep. Plug and play. All right, Plug Brian. I'll let you go, man. Hey, good talking to you. Stay warm, dude. I saw that it's going to be freezing hey. cold over there today. Man, it's 25 degrees. Man, the sun's out. So hey, there's that. You know, the sun's out. That makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> it does. You know, it really does. Especially when you're sitting inside looking out. But hey, uh, prayers out to Kevin, man. Uh, hope that all's good on his end. So. Yep, yep. He's coming along well. And I, uh, I, I just talked to him yesterday. And when I, when I talked to him, to. Uh, uh, him this week. I'll let him know that you called, man. And I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, please do. Yep. All right, man. Take you got care. it, brother. Take care, man. Be safe. Yep. Later. Uh-huh. Bye. So, uh, Mike's in Ohio. 
That's why I said the cold thing. Oh, yeah. So, and for everybody out there listening, then. So, I just, the weather, they said there's some place in, in the U.S. today, it's supposed to feel like negative 10 degrees with the, or 110 degrees with the wind chill. Can you imagine negative 110? Were you saying that they're uh, feeling that in New York, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The eastern seaboard, upper eastern, yeah, yeah. Caribou, uh, uh, New York or something like that. Yeah, negative 110 degrees with the wind chill today. Mm. I wouldn't go outside. You would die. I would die. Well, no, you would. Oh, die. I would die. <laughs> 45 <laughs> degrees, and I'm looking for a beanie, mittens, and and two jackets. Uh, so I, I'm I, I. Although growing up in Ohio, I once I ended up out here in San Diego, I was like, yeah, Ohio's a good place to be from. Yeah, it's it's too cold for me. I can't do that anymore. I'm I'm. Uh, my blood's thinned, I guess. Thinned out from all the Southern California weather? Yes, yes, yes. And I'm telling you, 45 degrees, I seriously think it's cold. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not, yeah. The other morning I got up and it was, what, 36 here one morning? Mm-hmm. I, I live up uh, in North County, but uh, um, I was like, whoa, that's almost snow weather. I mean, there's a there's that valley that goes right through there. Yeah. There's some I, type- I live right near San Pasqual Valley, yeah. It yeah. gets cold down there. Oh, yeah. I've come out of work and realized it's like 35 degrees out. You know, you can see your breath and I drive home yeah. and it's 50. Yeah, yeah. Well, you live closer to the ocean, don't you? Close, yeah, closer oh, to the coast. Yeah, so the temperature stays a li- little warmer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. All right, folks, we're going to take our last break here real quick, but give us a call one 888 That's 888-344-1170. You're listening to Auto Talk Radio on The Answer San Diego. We'll be right back after these messages. There's more Auto Talk education and empowerment on the way here on Auto Talk Radio. Get on the line and get your automotive questions answered by the Auto Man here on Auto Talk Radio. Brian Bowersock, 888-344-1170. Now, here's more Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. All right, folks, welcome back to Auto Talk Radio. Appreciate you joining us. 1-888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Anything automotive related? Um, Folks, I did want to let you know, uh, Auto Talk Radio is also brought to you by Interstate Batteries, a battery for every need. Uh, Interstate Batteries are the highest quality batteries out there. Um, We do not stock nor sell any other line of uh, automotive-related battery at the West Automotive Group for one simple reason. Interstate Batteries are the number one technician-recommended battery worldwide. And it's simple. They do make the most highest quality batteries for cars. So if you need a battery for your vehicle, uh, give us a shout. Um, you can jump on westautomotivegroup.com and make an appointment, get in, and we'll get you an interstate installed. If you need a battery for any other need, and I mean they have them for everything, uh, 9345 Cabot Drive in Miramar or in La Mesa at 70th and University, uh, you can check out uh, uh, interstate battery stores, and they have batteries for everything. So I'm sure you all have heard my story the, of, of replacing batteries in, a, in a, a server cabinet battery backup. One of them swelled and trying to get – well, those battery backups are humongous. Yeah, you know, yeah. One of the batteries in there swelled, and it, we were like – had to almost beat it out of the thing to get the batteries out to replace it. And they're kind of like little motorcycle batteries. Actually, they're more like a lo- little alarm ba- batteries or like Nikon, yeah, yeah. you know, that go back up for an alarm yeah. system in your house or whatever. So there's like 10 of them in there, and one had – yeah, it, it didn't want to come out of there. It took a lot. It of It wanted work. to stay there forever. It wanted to stay there forever. I almost thought, you know, and those battery backups are expensive. So mm-hmm. you replace the batteries when they wear out. You don't replace the whole battery backup. Um, but it almost came down to replace the whole battery backup. So, But they have batteries for every single need, without question. So check them out if you need a battery for anything. And uh, they will definitely, even weird things, they have batteries for. So battery for everything. Um. So today we are talking about uh, um, direct injection gasoline vehicles. Um, we talked a little bit this morning about good and bad extended warranties. Uh, um, we also have talked a little bit about uh, um, replacing your catalytic converter or getting monitors to run on your car. Yeah, right. And, and then also things falling off your car, which we see a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we we do. We see cars come in all the time. The things of you know, and keep in mind that uh, um, when you're talking about the complexity of a vehicle. And driving down the road, these vehicles um, 
have computers all in them. They, they, some of them have you know up to 30, 40 modules inside the car that are all multi- multiplexed together, and they all talk to each other, and they use uh, uh, um, different information through different sensors to do different things and make sure all things happen inside the car. So think if you strapped your computer to something and drove it down the road. I mean, most, most computers you use in your house or at your office or whatever, they wouldn't survive a mile. I mean, it's it's a rough environment. To, to you got cold and wet and you know um, he, heat and everything else that goes along with it. So, um, their cars are quite advanced to be able to uh, have computers in them and do all the things that they do. All the jostling around that's going on. <laughs> yeah, just that, I mean, you know, especially here in San Diego, those potholes, especially after the rain. Oh, uh, by my house, they're horrible. <laughs> that's why your shock's broken. <laughs> Actually, the the city was good enough to come back out and refill those potholes relatively quickly. Hmm. So, I mean, my main road that by my house is not, you know, perfect by any sense but i mean it's better than it was after the rain i mean after the rains uh just down genesee itself mm-hmm. there were uh, grooves in the road because of all the asphalt had basically washed away you, you know what i don't understand and i i don't know if it's it's i, I should ask an asphalt person this because i i mean obviously they may have the answer to this but it's water that destroys the asphalt and it comes apart right but, but i'm surprised at how bad that is when in the Midwest and all that they have they have salt and cold and and I understand like water gets in the asphalt and it freezes and it pops the asphalt right. but that doesn't happen here so why is the asphalt always coming apart here and I mean badly like deep holes like, yeah, like yeah. what causes that I would imagine it's maybe the the mixture that they're using I guess that's why I, I hope if you're an asphalt person and you have the answer to this I'd really like to know to be honest with you well, even with that I mean, well I grew up in Texas. So, you know, it rains a great deal, Mm -hmm. and uh, the roads never got as bad there as I've seen, you know, in my neighborhood. Well, that's what I'm talking about. In Ohio, same thing. Right. I mean, I I, I remember as a kid, I I grew up there, obviously, and drove, and, you know, I left there and joined the military after I got out of high school, but uh, um, I don't remember the roads ever being that bad. Now, do they just maintain them better, or I do know... And maybe this is part of it. I do know, like, back, back there and probably in Texas also, you'll remember this. They would, a lot of times, every so often, like, scrape the whole top layer mm-hmm. off and relay, you know, mm-hmm. new asphalt during yeah. the summer or whatever. Yeah. So they did a lot of that. And maybe we don't do that. I don't see that happen here a lot. I, I don't see it happening here as often. Correct. So maybe that's why the, the asphalt's just older and it. Right. So the more water. I don't know. But an asphalt person will call me yeah. eventually. <laughs> Somebody's listening. It knows somebody that does this and knows about it. Um, it's funny because we've deal, dealt with this here for forever. And, and, you know, I've never really put a lot of thought into it except for, geez, look at all those potholes. Yeah. But there's got to be a reason why it happens. So, um, Well, yeah, with especially when it doesn't rain that much here in Southern California. You know, I mean, the, the only time it really rains is January and February. And then and the rest of the w- when you end up with a million potholes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you are correct. You know, it. Uh, I mean, and this has been a lot of rain this year for us, more than oh, we, yeah. we have, more than yeah. we know. Hopefully we're saving some of it. So, oh, actually, I was I was watching a news article, and they were saying that a lot of the water reserves that we have been depleting uh-huh. are now actually starting to be, to be refilled. Good. So the the uh, water conservation that we need to be doing in Southern California is not as drastic as it has been over the last couple of years due to the drought system, uh, that we've been having. So with all the rain, we're getting into a much better place. You know, for well, everything. and and I don't know what's going on with like, but a lot of the reservoirs have been down. You know, I mean, like Lake Mead and yeah, all the. I mean, you see pictures of like they're way way down, like severely down, um, versus uh, and even Lake Hodges. I don't. I think they've been letting water out of that thing though because they're either working on the dam or something there. But the, it's way down too. Uh, obviously, it has been for a while. So hopefully, they fill back up. We could use water, and we need it. We do need water for sure. So. Okay, so just a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, you know, I, I did mention that today if you're driving a if you're buying a gasoline uh, uh, vehicle, uh, you most likely are buying a direct injected vehicle because that's what uh, most manufacturers have gone to these days. Uh, but some cooler things that uh, um, um, the performance is way better on a direct injected vehicle. 
the uh, they actually they can control emissions better and emissions are lower uh the fuel uh um consumption is lower they get better gas mileage but there are a couple things that they notice when they start doing direct injected vehicles um which obviously diesels have been direct injected for forever there's no other way to do that um but uh um a couple things like idle quality wasn't as good on a direct injected vehicle so now what we're doing cars you have two injection systems you have actually port injection that they use at idle and then you have direct injection that they use uh for when the car's driving you know down the road etc under performance and they bleed the the port injection in with the direction injection sometimes for performance uh items evolved for a smoother and better running car you can also if uh, direct injection fails you can drive the car in to have it fixed on the port injection, the car will actually go and limp home on port injection. Um, but we've talked about with direct injection, one of the problems um, is carbon buildup uh, on the valves. But what what we found out uh, uh, now, we used to blame that on the fact that uh, we're going away because port injection allows the fuel to run across the intake valve. You know, it's mm-hmm. and when we say port, it's it's sprayed into the intake port and then pulled in past the intake valve into the combustion and chamber, so it cleans the back of the valve. That's where a lot of these chemicals on good fuel companies come in. You know, like Tecron and all that helps keep the valves the runners clean. With port, there we weren't doing that. And initially, we had thought it was because of um, um, this problem that the fuel wasn't running across valves, causing the car. But what we've really start to realize is uh, um, oil quality in a car through the PCV mm-hmm. is what causes most. Of so more carbon buildup. People that are don't change their oil regularly or use quality oil in their vehicle, they end up with more carbon buildup on the valves. And what that's from is the PCV system um, circulating all that combustion gases, the blow-by, and the the dirtier the oil is or or lower quality, it creates more deposits and buildup that end up on the intake valve. So we're back to you should change your oil every 5,000 miles. That's that's one of the things, and use a quality oil, and use a quality oil. Two, two, two very easy things to do, right? Yeah. I mean, but uh, car manufacturers for a while were extending out service. I mean, and and folks that listen to the show have heard us talk about this. Cadillac had an issue. Cadillac, <laughs> Cadillac extended their oil change uh, intervals to ten thousand miles, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they start having cars towed in that the motors were blown up because there's no oil in them, right? And so they would. They they initially asked the consumers like didn't you check the oil and no you put, told me ten thousand miles and it's ten thousand not only that it's a brand new car why do I check the oil I mean, you said it don't need to be changed don't tell me. yeah exactly so they were consuming oil so they've ramped them back down mm. they had some issues there with that um, but there are a lot of manufacturers out there that uh, um, uh, it's very interesting especially uh, a lot of the German car manufacturers extended out there their uh, their uh, oil change uh, intervals so some of these problems we're seeing are because of that but by them rolling back their mileage on their oil changes but they're also anticipating that you're bringing it back to the dealership to get it done so that they could put in a quality product they are so right well i mean so i've owned my forerunner for 18 years now and it just turned 20 Mm -hmm. and i have two hundred fifteen thousand miles on it and i've been using full synthetic blend since i bought it and my truck and probably a quality whatever oil yeah. you use you know and it still sounds like a brand new vehicle of course you know other than the catalyst that went out i've had no problems with it at all well and you and that's a good point the the last i i drive a new ford ranger right now but the last truck i had was a 97 f250 i drove it four hundred thousand miles it was yeah. original motor in it ran like i sold it to a guy in missouri he flew out here and drove it we drove it home <laughs> drove it to missouri, back home when i sold it um it was time for me to 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 change i i had that truck been all over heck with me and i do a lot of enduro rides out out of the states and at some point i was like well i'm gonna have to eventually you got to put a motor in a five hundred thousand is like right. the max you'll get out of a motor right. there's no question about it a gas motor um so it but taking care of change full synthetic or a synthetic blend whatever you don't in a quality oil um and changing it you know i we recommend uh, 5,000 miles. That's what I do with my vehicles. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know. Uh, and uh, the, the engines on these vehicles will go forever if you take care of them. They almost right. will. So, and when I say forever, I'm talking for 400,000, yeah. 500,000 miles. You definitely get your money's worth. You definitely get your money's worth. So, um, 
And if you take care of a vehicle, and there actually, a, there's a funny story to that F two fifty. I I bought it um, used. Mm-hmm. I had had seventy thousand miles on it. I drove it to four hundred thousand miles. Um, when I sold it. I sold it for $500 less than I bought it for when I originally. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you like that? Uh, Talk about driving value out of a vehicle. So, um, but with the gas, luckily, I, I, some things just work out. It was time. I was making a decision, bought the new truck, uh, and new Ranger in 2020, and, and uh, sold that. And then the gas prices went through the roof. I tell oh, you yeah. what, with that Ranger, I'm definitely saving way more money yeah, driving yeah. it than that. And it was time for me to downsize. I don't have a trailer anymore or anything like that. So, Well, since I got that catalytic changed out, my gas is now better. You know, because that's mileage. Yeah, because yeah. the O2 sensors are kicking in, the catalytic converter is talking to everything, and it's using the appropriate amount of gas, and yeah, yeah everything's working properly. Yeah. yeah. Um, d- did you did the cat fail and melt down on it, or did it just the efficiency? It wasn't doing so. It turned on the check engine light. Yeah, the check engine light came on. Gotcha. You could actually hear it because it was rattling oh, it was, like it was loose. The basket came loose inside. Yeah, yeah. And so actually it was starting to come apart is what it was doing too, So which creates exhaust pressure issues yeah. um, as far as that goes. Um, so, yeah, it was time. Yeah. yeah. Now it's quiet and you're cruising along. Yeah, perfect. Perfect, yeah. But cars, when everything's in tune and work properly do run better get better fuel efficiency and even items like that that people would say well that shouldn't affect your gas it does yeah because the control the fuel control of the car it's all mm-hmm. computer controlled and cars when we repair our car we reset what's called the adaptives which basically is kind of like restarting your computer right on your desk it puts everything back in the initial spot it was supposed to be right and it starts from square one and then it starts taking data and it and it changes the fuel curve and all that. Mm-hmm. They they learn the computer learns as you drive, and it also learns how you drive. Every car does. So a car, um, a person that drives the same car all the time, that car knows your driving habits. Um, and it learns it, and and for the best fuel economy, the best performance, and all that. And it's always adaptively changing uh, the fuel trims on the vehicle to be the best performance for the way you drive. Right. So um, it it actually works that way, kind of like a computer. If you use it all the time, you know, you know, if you jump on somebody's desktop computer, um, there's uh, um, things are always different, right? Well, a car does the same thing. It learns. Although, I don't think your desktop can learn about you. Well, I mean, if you <laughs> look at the search engines, too. Google learns about you, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, you may not even want to talk around that thing. <laughs> I think Google listens to you, too. Well, didn't you hear about the the guy who was planning on murdering? Actually, they believe he murdered his wife. Oh, and, yeah. and they checked I, I, his, yeah. his browser history, and he was up for like six or seven hours looking up how to like dispose of the body not only that dispose of a 105 pound body that that his wife was like 105 pounds like they're like dude yeah seriously bro he's not yeah (laughs) not very smart not very (laughs) smart so well in first off you're not very smart because please don't kill your wife that's a terrible idea just i that's off the automotive topic but i always wonder about people that uh like do something like that i mean I realize divorce might be expensive, but it's not as expensive as spending the rest of your life yeah, right. in prison, right? Losing I mean, your freedom over it. Yeah. yeah. Or, or and doing some harm to somebody else, you know? I mean, you can just walk away. You yeah. know, you can just walk away. That's probably the best option, I would think. Yeah. Let's uh, see what Alan's got going in, in Chula Vista. What's happening, Alan? Good morning, Brian. Um, hey, I'm, I'm not an asphalt guy, but I think I am an answer to your asphalt problem. Oh, cool. It, it's a Sacramento problem. It's a. <laughs> it's like it's like everything. Oh no! Uh, this turned into a political they probably, show. <laughs> they probably required uh, the, the asphalt guys to use less petroleum to hold it together, and they add water to it. That is possible. That is highly possible. There could be some regulation on what you can do and can't do with uh, uh, the different chemicals in it. So yeah. that and that's probably why. I, I'll go with that, Alan. I think you hit it right on the head. Okay. Anyway, that's not what I called about, but I, I thought it was rather funny to think about that. Um, anyway, uh, I had a catalytic converter uh, theft in uh, June of 2020, yeah. and we uh, get all of our service done out at uh, a Toyota dealer. I don't know whether it matters which one, but anyway, nope. uh, uh, we've been happy with the service, but when they put the cover on, it was noisy, and it was mostly when the engine would start. It's a Toyota, a 2005 Toyota Prius, and um, 
so it was just when the, when the engine started, it would kick in, then it would rattle. Uh-huh. And now it rattles most of the time. So last time we had it in, in for service, they tightened it up and it improved it some. But the thing is still rattling, and it's just, it just aggravating. They need to fix that. That's a problem. Yeah, you need to get it back into them for the uh, – it should not be rattling. So you suggest just keep taking it back until uh, until they can clear it up? Uh, well, somebody's got to clear it up, and it's under warranties. So I would definitely, uh, yes, get it back to them. And actually what I would do is if, if you've been in a few times, ask to talk to the service manager and just explain to him the concern you're having. And then that way there's another person making sure this gets taken care of on your next visit. Okay. Okay. Good. That's what uh, I'd recommend. One, one other thing I did, uh, uh, we have a guy at, uh, at our church that uh, used to own a muffler shop over in San Diego. Uh-huh. And I talked to him about it. He said it got to the point with us where we just bought some sheet metal tools and started working with those. Yeah. And he, he, he said they were putting on 10 a week or something like that at one time. Oh, yeah. And, and now it's kind of tapered off. But anyway, I'm thinking, uh, I wonder if it'll get to that point where uh, uh, they're going to have to uh, bring in a sheet metal guy or something to, uh, or, or somebody that can help uh, figure out what the, you know, what, what the, how to treat the sheet metal, put ridges in it or something to get to stiffen it up. Yeah, it shouldn't have to. If all the attachments are on it the way it's supposed to be attached and proper and nothing's bent, it shouldn't rattle. So, as far as that goes. Yeah, uh, have, but, you, have you guys done any of those? Oh, we've done a ton of them. Yeah, we've done a ton of them for insurance companies and everybody. We've lost a, a lot of cats have been... Uh, uh, taken so, but uh, no, we don't have a whole lot of rattle problems with them though. So just it, something's not right there. They need to get it square. So that's good. Hey, Alan, we're gonna have to run. He's waving at me. I got thirty seconds. And I'm off the air. Thanks, uh, Brian. Thanks for the call. Have a safe, wonderful weekend. Let me know how that turns out. Bye. You got it. Hey, hey, everybody out there, keep the rubber side down and shiny side up. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. And every day, oh, I'm sorry I didn't get to you. Call me next week, or you can email at autotalk at westautomotivegroup.com. Folks, take care. Be safe. We appreciate you joining us. This has been Auto Talk Radio on The Answer San Diego, 1170 and 96.1 FM. Till next Saturday. For answers to all your automotive questions, tune in every week at this same time for Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. To learn more about Brian, become a guest or sponsor of the show, or if you have additional questions, visit thewestautomotivegroup.com. That's thewestautomotivegroup.com. And click on Auto Talk Radio. Join us again next week for more Auto Talk. This program is sponsored by West Automotive Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.